0: Welcome to NHASCD Spotlight. It's our regular podcast from the New Hampshire Association of Supervision and Curriculum Development. My name is Bill Carosa, co-executive director of NHASCD. Before introducing our esteemed guest today, I want you to know a couple conferences coming up. We have many, but I'll mention two right now. Um, ASCD author uh, Steve Ventura is going to be presenting on Achievement Teams, A Better Approach to PLCs. That's October 5th. Later that month, on October 26th, we have Peter DeWitt coming in presenting on deimplementation creating the space to focus on what works that's co-sponsored with the new hampshire association of school principals of course you can register and find out much more information at nhascd.org and believe me we have tons more offerings coming up next year we'll let you know via our newsletter and our website and look forward to that hey my co-host on today's podcast is dr steve labelle i like saying dr steve President of New Hampshire ASCD, also instructional coach at Amherst Middle School. How are you doing, Stephen?
1: Doing really well. Dr. Carosa, how are you?
0: (laughs) I didn't say that so you could prompt it back.
1: Oh, no, it's it's fair game. If we're going to tout titles, I'm going to do it right back right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, my man. Thank you. Well, our guest today is someone uh, we know very well. You know, normally I podcast with people I don't know that well and get to know them and so on. But this is someone I've known for I guess a couple decades now. Jan Yost, longtime board member, president, and executive director at NHASCd. I, I now share those duties with her this year. Uh, Jan has had and continues to have a distinguished career as a high school math teacher, middle school principal, consultant. She's the author of the 2006 book on Corwin Curriculum Mapping for Differentiated Instruction K to eight with her good friend Michelle Langa. Jan holds master's degrees in both educational administration from UNH and mathematics from Adelphi University, something I just learned from her Corwin biography. The internet is a wonderful thing. Jan is also the winner of this year's New Hampshire ASCD Excellence in Education EDDIE Award, Inspiring Excellence in Teaching, Learning, and Leading. And she'll be receiving her award at the annual New Hampshire Excellence in Education Awards, again known as the EDDIEs, coming up, uh, what, June 3rd, I think. That's coming up fast.
1: That's coming up very fast. Yeah, All
0: right, hey Jan, thanks for doing this. Let's be honest; it took some convincing for you to even do this today.
2: You're you're right. This is not my cup of tea. You know, like the whole intro. It was like, is that me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I could have gone on and on and on. I mean, there's a lot more out there, it's, but
2: uh, it's sort of intimidating listening to someone read your vitae. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, what you've done in the past. But um, thank you so much. And it is great to be with both of you. Thank you, doctors. Well,
0: I, we work together. I mean, I talk to you almost every day. We work together so closely. But, you know, we need to celebrate each other. And, and in many ways, Jan, you've been the face of this organization for a long time. Uh, and the contributions you've made to our profession are just really immense and we got to stop once in a while and just say thank you and i think steve and i agreed well all of us agreed that every year when we do this podcast will every eddie winner we have will will interview because i think people need to know more than just what they give you like steve like 30 seconds to do an intro at the
2: eddies
1: they really treat it like the oscars instead of music coming (laughs) on you have this like light that's like you do flashing in your face and yeah they're pretty intense
0: they have this like stoplight in the back of the room and uh, I, I've forgotten now I've I've introduced people before there. It's like it starts green and get, gets yellow. I think it's a stoplight. Yeah, it's probably a real yeah. stoplight. I don't know. Yeah. So, Jan, let's start at the beginning just a few years ago. What why did you get into education in the first place? So what was it about schools that attracted you to devote your life to it?
2: Um, It really wasn't about schools. It was the influence that two teachers had on me in fifth grade. I had a teacher who I I was in awe of her. She was kind. She paid attention to kids. She supported us. So I think that was number one. And from that grade on, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I thought it would be elementary actually. But then when I was a freshman in high school, I had a math teacher, same influence on me. She was strict but she was fair, she really cared about kids. That's when I shifted, oh, I kinda like this math thing. So hmm. decided, yeah, I'm gonna be a math teacher at the secondary level. So that's how I get in, got into education. So since fifth grade, that's been my focus, my direction.
1: That's awesome, Jan. I feel like teaching really is that pay it forward profession, right? We've all have, if you talk to any educator out there, there's that one experience, that at least one person that influences us to make these decisions. And and here you are continuing to pay it forward, not only as an administrator, a classroom teacher, but now even more so with NHASCD, with all the educators. And, t- and and leaders in our state. So that's, that's a really awesome point that you made out there. Uh,
2: thanks. And I would encourage anybody who's listening to this, if they had such an experience, try to find that teacher mm-hmm. and write to them and say how they impacted, how the teacher impacted their lives. With today's technology, I have been so fortunate to have kids not kids anymore adults uh, (laughs) reach out to me and it made me start thinking let me try to find some of my teachers and i did i had a physics teacher in high school who was amazing wrote him a letter don't know if he ever got it because i didn't hear back but you know just to acknowledge the impact that they've had
0: i bet if you looked at all the teachers currently employed right now 90% 90% probably have a story like yours, Jan. A lot of times it's within the family. You know, my father was a teacher. My mother was a teacher. But if it's not that, it you're right. It's usually someone who inspired. For me, it's, and I think about this every time I'm in Manchester and I've not done it. Mrs. Mirabile, she was a, a teacher at Central High School. Sure. And I uh, had her in social studies and huge uh, impact on me. I know she's still around. Of course, the older I get, I've got to hurry up, right, with teachers i've had who knows maybe she's listening and i you know i think i i think i even know where she lives like i should knock on her door but i don't do it so that that's great advice
2: yeah i had missed i had had missed her Uh, you and i may
0: have talked about this he was band director right
2: yeah what a great guy
0: right let's talk about a family that's just made yeah and i think we all work in schools and and around schools all the time and We know how hard it is right now to retain teachers and and just to get them into the profession. So I hope, yeah, I think your life can help us uh, gain some motivation in that area. So early on, I know this because we were together on the board in the early 2000s, but what led you to be an active member and participant in in what we call big ASCD? Because I know you've been a member for so long.
2: Before becoming an administrator, I was in classroom, math classroom, so focused on NCTM, NHTM, you know, anything math-focused. But when I became an administrator, I wanted something broader. And that's when I joined ASCD, because I really liked, they represented a broad spectrum of people in education. And it was after I joined ASCD that I learned about NHACD through one of my colleagues. Honestly, I didn't even know NHACD existed before that. But it seemed like, okay. that's the next logical step to join the affiliate. And once I learned more about NHASCD, um, I knew I had to get involved. I had to help or find ways to support New Hampshire educators. So I spoke to a former colleague who just happened to be the executive director um, at the time and just asked him, how can I help? You know even on the periphery, how can I help? Well, it ended up that I was invited to be on the board. And so from the board, it went to becoming the president, from the president, executive director. So I love both organizations.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, Such a powerful, simple thing by the ask, right? I feel like educators are afraid of the ask. Well, if I ask this, no, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to ask. I'm afraid to ask it. The ask can open up so many doors, not like like yeah. it did for you for NHAACD, but also other avenues within the classroom or within their community. It's really powerful. I encourage educators all the time. Just ask, what's the worst that's going to happen? Just see what happens.
2: Yeah, the worst that can happen is no. And then you move on. <laughs>
0: right. Right. We're always looking for great board members, people who are really dedicated to, to yep. their craft and, and to New Hampshire and to ASCD.
1: Sure. Definitely, yeah. New
0: Hampshire A C D in the pandemic years—I've said this publicly um, about you. You know, I was on the board in the early 2000s, and then left for a period of time when my administrative duties got to be a little crazy, um, and then came back this year working with you and, and the board. You pretty much kept this organization, this affiliate, alive during the pandemic, but it was hard. And I—I I followed this, you know, from a distance, just from a member point of view. What was that like, Jan, during remote learning and and all that? I, I felt for you so badly during that time.
2: Well, thank you. But first, I really have to give kudos to the board because they're a wonderful board, so supportive, you know, would come in with these harebrained ideas. And it's like, okay, let's try it. So during the pandemic, we really needed to rethink the direction we were going and our purpose as well as how we functioned as a board we had to rethink and look at how we provided professional learning all that had a pivot because as you know prior to the pandemic we had three big conferences and that was pretty much it so during the pandemic we of course couldn't do that so now what do we do well we you know did a bunch of webinar series. Sadly, teachers were up to their eyeballs and anything provided remotely. And that is totally understandable. Totally get it. So then it was, then it was okay, now what do we do? Well, thus the podcast. Right. Uh, right. That was sort of the pandemic caused, I won't say caused that, but the podcast was initiated because sure. we were looking for alternatives. The blog was initiated because of that. Mm-hmm. So I think what the pandemic did for us was made us rethink who we are, mm-hmm. what we offer. And I think that's a really positive thing, something hard and something awful. awful. I want to think of the pandemic as something that really benefited us. Not the pandemic itself, but what it caused.
1: No, no, no. I'm going to interject because I feel like you're downplaying your role in Me too. this. It's, it's time to, to toot your horn a little bit. So I came into my presidency during during the pandemic. And for those of you that are joining us right now, board members are oh. working educators across our state. So not only were we navigating the pandemic and what that meant for us we were also trying to support this jan you really took the lift and became the legs because the board was really taxed at that point you were the one reaching out to other organizations and forming partnerships with the Principals association uh NISTI with new, starting with new hampshire learns i i feel like you really were the skeleton the glue that help this board or help our organization stay alive during this time. So well, thank, thank, thank you, you for that. We got to toot our horn because you did really awesome with that.
2: Well, thank you. You know, I'm not good at that. No,
1: nope, you're not, and that's okay. I'm here for you. All
0: right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and from my vantage point, while you know, I'm sure the the finances didn't look great during that time. <sighs> But you oh. it, it kept, you know, we were at least a, above water. But I, more importantly, it kept the brand. If I can sound like a marketer here for a second, it kept no, the yeah, brand out there. People at least knew, okay, New Hampshire ACD okay. still alive. I'm mean, getting the newsletters. I got these mm-hmm. podcasts, uh, the mm-hmm. blog, and you're right, Steve. The partnerships that I think both Jan and I and the board are benefiting from now. Um, you know, we we work closely with the Super Ten Association, obviously mm-hmm. with the principals. As well as uh, ISTE and NISTI, we'll talk about that in a second. We're flying a little bit now because of the work you did during maybe the hardest time you know schools had at all. So, Jam, was there a time you thought, "Are we going to keep this affiliate alive?" You must have must have passed your brain at different times.
2: Um, if it would, if it did, it was momentary. Good. It, it, no, my my goal, my focus, my being, this is going to continue this affiliate will not go down. Right.
0: How has, I want to ask you too, and I guess maybe you've already answered this a little bit, but you mentioned certainly when we were on the board for many years, we were you know pretty much a three-workshop, three-conference organization. How has professional development changed through the years that you've been in the field? Because it really has.
2: Yeah. I think one significant change is the use of technology in professional development Um, So you have online learning, you have video conferencing, educators can access professional development opportunities pretty much when either one ever they want, if they're asynchronous or from wherever they are, if it's synchronous. I also think from somebody who used to present all the apps that are there to help engage participants. So I think Technology has had a huge role in the shift in professional learning. I think another change has been the move towards more collaborative inquiry-based professional development. So rather than the sit and get, I think uh, educators are now encouraged to participate in ongoing learning communities. Like I said, engage in inquiry-based applications, I think, allow teachers to explore uh, their own questions and interests. So um, I think those would be the two big ones that I can think of.
0: This year, just to follow up, we've had pretty good success with in-person workshops. I mean,
2: mm-hmm. all
0: year. I mean, most recently with uh, Jim Knight and and John Hattie and others. H- has that surprised you? I mean, it's been, for me, as as someone who just loves to be with people, <laughs> it's just such a wonderful thing to see so many people come out. Either of you can answer this one, but but Jan, has that surprised you?
2: No, not really, because like you said, I think there is a desire, a longing, to again be able to collaborate in person, face to face, to see a presenter up close and personal, ask that presented questions. You know, to kind of go back to the previous question, I think what technology has done is just give us an alternative to that. I don't think in person should be just forgotten. I think it's really, really important.
1: I, I really agree with you. I feel like what the pandemic has done and what I've learned through our work so far is that human nature's connection, forming relationships, and it's more than just words. It's more than just texting. There's a tactileness to it. Because when you watch humans, we hug, we handshake, Mm -hmm. we have nonverbal cues that we give one another. And I feel like that is what's happening with our in-person workshops right now. We tried to do that through our uh, webinars with our jam boards and our padlets and whatever, but I feel like you can't, there's that element to it too, right? It forces you to be in the present. And yeah. be with that person and to understand their viewpoint. Yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: It's helped our board to have Zoom meetings because people can make them. So we have that. It's taken, me, it's taken me some time for the two of you to convince me. But I realized that at least we have great attendance because it's hard. You know, we're administrators, teachers. It's hard to to be in a location like Concord all the time now. Fortunately, we have our, you know, we meet in the summer for a retreat, and that'll be in person. But that's, that's so much easier. Jan, I, it's a little out of order, maybe, but I wanted to ask you about the times you've been a consultant, an author, and you know, it's pretty impressive. You have a, a book on on Corwin, and I realize people don't talk so much about curriculum mapping anymore, yeah. although I think they should. I still think it is one of the best. Practices that a school district can can do, but talk about that time in your life when when you wrote the book with Michelle and and did a little, you know, workshopy sort of things. It must have been kind of fun.
2: Um, yeah, I was still an administrator when we wrote the book, so I never realized how labor intensive and intense writing a book is. You know, it was great. We were so lucky. What we did when we wrote the book. We went through, I forgot the name of the book, but all the publishers, you know, they have lists and lists of publishers and the requirements. So we had one chapter written and we said, okay, we're just going to send it off to the folks that that only need one chapter and then we'll write a couple more and send those off. So we'll never get, you know, we'll, we'll never get the first one. Lo and behold, that was Corwin. And they said, Yeah. We want to talk to you. So it went from having one chapter written and doing it at a very leisurely pace to, okay, we got to get the next chapter and the next chapter and the next chapter. But it was wonderful working with Michelle. Yeah. Um, she's so talented. So it was fun. It was intense, but it was fun. And, you know, put that on top of running a school. So right. So after I left the principalship, like you said, I became a consultant worked for a couple of tech companies. It is funny that you mentioned this because I was, I'm cleaning out some draws and came across some old calendars and looked at my schedule. And I was going from New York to California, to Texas, up to Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I was literally all over the country. But I had a great time. It was wonderful. Not very glamorous as people would assume. I didn't get to see much and I saw some Interesting airports, but working with the people was fantastic. Yeah. I'm I am so fortunate to have met so many really really talented educators, good people. Mm-hmm. So it was a fun time.
0: I think our field is one that respects experience, and the fact you've had all those experiences it just comes into what you do now for an HASCd.
2: Well, I, I hope so, and I'm very um, fortunate that through those experiences i got to real, meet some amazing thought leaders so uh you know to have that experience as well is pretty incredible
1: awesome yeah no it's I, I remember you jan i don't know if you remember me jan but i was i met you the first time when you were a consultant in Derry when <laughs> you came for curriculum mapping there and, I, and that was really, that was my first introduction to Dan Yost when I was just the baby teacher at that point.
2: I'm sorry, I don't, but you know, like, like kids, you know, you see so many people. But.
0: He didn't blow you away with his great mind? I'm
2: sure he did. I'm sure no, he did.
1: no, I did not. I was, I was probably like making jokes on the side and not really paying attention. Because that's what...
0: You've grown up so much, Steve.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting you say that because going from being a principal to now consulting, and this is when the, the internet is at the top and it's on people's phones. It was such a transition in my head knowing people could be on their phones and they're still listening. Yeah. They're still paying attention. Yeah. That was a huge transition for me. and it was it's a huge so- learning curve.
1: For sure. And in, in speaking of learning curve, so you talked about like the transition from principalship to consultancy. What what advice do you have for a principal that's looking to retire? Like, how do they think about what's next? Like, what, what advice do you have for them?
2: I was very fortunate. And I think, that, well, first of all, it's going to depend on a personality mm-hmm. um, in terms of agreeing or disagreeing with what I say. Um I am one of those that I have to have a job before I leave a job. Okay. So I already had the the work as a consultant before I left on the principalship. So on on personal days, on vacations, I would go and like learn the software. I would go do a test run. Um, So like I said, I worked for a company and they got me the jobs. So I supported them and their technology. Um, In terms of advice, if you really want to do something different, just go try it. Take the leap and just do it.
1: And you also bring up the idea of dabbling. Start dabbling now. Start experimenting. See what's catching your eye and go, go try it for a bit. That's a really good bit of advice as well. I
0: worked in the school early on where nearly everybody seemed like was involved in some professional organization, whether it was NEA, New Hampshire, ASCD, somebody. And so that created contacts for all these people. And I've actually seen these people now retired or quasi retired, like, like I guess we are. And the contacts you made all those years really helps you yeah. forge that career, that second career. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jan, to, to wrap this up, I, I have a two-part question, and I'd like to see if you could look ahead a little bit to the future of both New Hampshire ASCD, and of course, ASCD with that, and maybe the future of education in New Hampshire. What do you see over the next 10 years? I mean, some people are not thinking we're in a, in a bit of a crisis now, but we tend to be pretty positive people, glass half full people. What do you think? Are we looking up?
2: I have to think we're looking up. If you are negative about it if you look down that's what's going to happen so why not be positive and try to make that happen instead yeah where are we headed i'm not a seer so
0: <laughs> <laughs> none of us are
2: I, I honestly i honestly don't have an answer to that
0: but if we don't stay positive yeah, you know I things are going to really right. happen anyway
2: and you have to for the kids right that's who we're there for I worry if we're negative, what impact that's going to have on our students, regardless of how old they are, whether they're pre-kindergarten or they're post-secondary. As we all we're going back to the influence that we have on them. We got to stay there and hang in there for them.
0: And for your grandkids.
2: Yeah, (laughs) and yours.
0: Yeah, I know. I've got one starting preschool in the fall, which is so hard to believe. So I, all over again, I'm going to be thinking about gets the quality of her education and how she's doing. And it's, it's a funny thing.
2: I, you know, I, without getting political here, I worry about some of the things that are happening on, in the landscape of our country. Right. And that's why, like I said, I have to try to stay positive. Because when I hear about all that's going on, the pressures that are putting, being put on teachers and administrators, I can become really depressed.
1: But you know what, Jan, I think you said it, well enough especially with your work with new hampshire ascd and our mission being catalyst for conversation let's not be scared and depressed by it we know your action forward let's continue the conversations let's mm-hmm. have, let's talk this is where we all learn and we all grow on both sides right so yes it's scary but i think having these conversations will be super helpful
2: and i think some of the work that we're doing around advocacy. And in the hopes that we could get something going so teachers and leadership can really advocate for themselves, yeah. their schools, and their students.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like like the pandemic, maybe our current state of education will probably make us more resilient. Oh. Well, Jan. Congratulations. Our, our guest has been Jan Yost. He's our, she's our uh, co-executive director of NHASCD and our Eddie's winner Yay! for this year. Just so excited. And hopefully next month, a lot of you listening will be there to see Jan get her award from us. Steve's going to say some wonderful things to present or her with the I? award. We
1: don't know what I'm going to say yet, right?
0: I, I can't wait. You're going <laughs> to You're going to ignore the stoplight, I hope.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> I think most people do. But anyway, it's been an honor to have you, well, certainly on the podcast, but it's an honor to have known you, Jan, for quite a while and learn, really learn, continue learning from you. I mean, you you are my Yoda in this gig, there's no doubt about that. And you will continue to be. And, and the good news is we're going to be working together for a while.
2: Thank you.
0: So next year, um, I'll be taking on a little bit more. You'll be taking on a little less but, you know, right.
2: <laughs>
0: right. Right. No doubt about it. So, yeah. Steve, thank you, my man.
1: Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. This is good. Yeah. Good, stuff. Yeah. good time. Thank
0: you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, just briefly, you know, we know uh, if you want more information on NHACD, our conference series, just head to our website, NHACD.org. You could follow us on Facebook twitter facebook and instagram every morning i'm throwing things out there on social media so i hope you check it out our mission is to serve as a catalyst for conversation and action to inspire excellence in teaching learning and leading for jan and for steve i'm bill caroza we'll see you next time for new hampshire ascd spotlight take care everybody